0: Hello, Pulse Check listeners, this is Dan Diamond, and welcome to our special Pulse Check series on the Trump administration and the coronavirus outbreak. Today I'm in conversation with my colleagues, Laura Seligman, who covers the Pentagon for Politico, and Jeremy Siegel, our great host of the Daily Dispatch podcast. We're looking at how military health became a key flashpoint in a Trump administration fight and how it ended up getting attention on the campaign trail this week. Here's our conversation.
1: How does it feel to have both Trump and Biden tweet about you and your reporting with the added bonus that you are neither a pandemic nor the Postal Service?
2: (laughs) I was pretty much in shock. First, the Biden tweet and then the Trump tweet, which was even more shocking.
0: I, I think there's a difference between Trump talking about your story versus talking about you, the reporter. And, and I only wonder what nickname he would have come up with for Laura and I. Um, I cover healthcare. I've worked on some big stories. I don't think it's the first time that Democratic candidates or the president have shared those stories on social media. But I was bracing for the president to call the story fake news. This was the first time that the president confirmed our reporting, and and I honestly didn't know what to do after that.
2: It's kind of funny, because the Pentagon press office initially basically called our story fake news. They said it was inaccurate, which was false. So then to have the president turn around and confirm the story was, uh, needless to say, unusual.
0: Laura, do you think we should have given the president a byline? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the story we're talking about is one that you both broke together on how the Defense Department was considering slashing military health care by more than $2 billion, which some officials told you would effectively gut the Pentagon's health care system. And this is in the middle of a global pandemic. How did you two break this story?
0: So back in the spring, I was hearing rumblings from some of the people that I talked to about changes over in the defense world, specifically plans under the Trump administration to cut the military health budget. I do not normally cover the Pentagon or the military. These were just casual conversations, nothing imminent. But one of the officials that I was told who was involved in this effort, a guy named John Whitley, who's heading up some of the strategy and analysis work at the Pentagon, he was up for a confirmation hearing just a few weeks ago. The committee will uh, come to order. The committee meets today to consider the nominations of uh, Dr. John Whitley to be director cost assessment and program evaluation. The president tapped him to be the full-time director of this key strategy office. Uh, Dr. Whitley, at the beginning of this administration, the Senate confirmed you to be the assistant secretary of the army for financial and management controller, and you have a long line of accomplishments in that field. And when he went in to testify, that's when I started getting pushback from one of the people that had reached out to me to say, this is a guy who really is determined to cut back some of the health spending in the military. Mr. Whitley, let me move over to you real quick. I'd like to discuss, uh, base your perspectives on the ongoing transformation of the military health system which is an issue I know you've testified uh, to Congress in a few hearings already. The Trump administration was exploring the possibility of pretty serious cuts. I do not cover the Defense Department, and a lot of this was outside of the realm of, of what I usually track in DC. So that's when I reached out to Laura, who is embedded in the Pentagon, who is covering this kind of issue day in and day out.
2: So after Dan reached out to me, I reached out to a couple of my own sources who I've been talking to for several months, not specifically about military health care cuts, but about this process of the Pentagon looking for savings and looking to cut costs. And actually, I had a source that had sort of long been talking to me about how this organization, CAPE, within DOD, which provides budget analysis, had been taking an axe to many different programs and how the process was very goal oriented and driven by getting to a specific number of cuts and not necessarily taking care to look you know agency by agency what line item was being cut so some of my sources were concerned about this too and so i was able to confirm dan's tip
1: when dan reaches out to you with something like this is it surprising to see that the Pentagon is considering slashing this funding for healthcare?
2: I think that, as Dan said, there has been an effort dating back to the spring, but even before that, to cut military health care. And it actually didn't initially even originate with the Pentagon. Congress a couple of years ago mandated an overhaul of the military health system in order to find some cost savings, maybe some efficiencies, better ways to do things within the military health care, uh, because it, it is a very complex system. But I, I think that the fact that the Trump administration in particular is trying to now cut military health care in ways that may really imperil the combat medical readiness of our force, I think, is not surprising as as the administration has shown that it is willing to cut corners in order to play to voters and in order to get some of these cost savings that they think they can put toward different priorities, such as modernizing the force to fight Russia and China, which has been one of their priorities. So I no, this isn't this is not surprising to me.
1: So you two break this story after Dan gives you his tip. You confirm it. I get an alert on my phone. I'm sure tons of other people do. What happens next?
2: What happened next is I got some very angry calls from the Pentagon. That was not fun. After that, the number of responses that flooded in from lawmakers to veterans advocacy groups to the former vice president— just decrying the potential gutting of the military healthcare system. And that was our day all day on Sunday.
1: And then President Trump himself ends up weighing in on your story,
2: right? That's right. That was another surprising factor. Once Joe Biden weighed in and made this a campaign issue, then I think was the point at which President Trump picked it up and said, hey, we're not going to do these cuts, I think, as a way to satisfy his voters. So, you know, with the things that we see Trump tweet out, it's always unclear whether he's actually spoken to the Pentagon about it, whether he's actually given them direction. But it seems pretty clear from the tweet that these cuts can't go forward as as they were.
0: I actually, I'm curious, Laura, because it seems to me as someone who only parachutes in to cover military health issues, and usually I'm writing about the VA, the Veterans Health Administration, which is separate from what we're talking about here. We're talking about... Care for members of the military, their dependents. So, it, it, a different bucket, but sort of in the same general universe. It seems like any time a politician proposes something that could harm the military, that is a political third rail. That is a non starter. So, once this became a campaign issue, once you have Democrats, Joe Biden, advocacy organizations like Vote Vets weighing in, isn't the denouement like almost certainly going to be the president will back off any plan because of the political risk? is so significant?
2: Yeah, I think you're right about that, Dan. And I think that's what's happening here. I think that this effort that I spoke about at at the Pentagon to cut costs, I think is mostly being done at at the Pentagon level, at Esper's level and and even below. But when it rises to this level where the president is tweeting about it and where the president gets involved, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty unusual for a president to get that involved in weedy defense budgeting issues. So so I think now that you've got the president's attention, I think that cuts like these to the military healthcare system, which were already potentially pretty explosive, there's there's no way they can go forward with these.
1: So this is all happening with the backdrop of the coronavirus pandemic. Dan, you have been reporting on the ins and outs of the Trump administration since the beginning of the pandemic. How does this whole situation, from your perspective, fit into the bigger storyline of the administration's inner workings during one of the worst health crises in U.S. history?
0: Jeremy, I think that's an interesting question because on the surface, cuts to military health, the coronavirus pandemic, they're not necessarily aligned, but there is a broader way of thinking in this administration that healthcare is bloated that if you're an administrator looking at the federal budget, there has to be a way to get savings out of Medicaid, to get savings out of these programs. And military health, no exception. Laura mentioned how Congress has pushed cuts to military health. Some of those cuts date back years before. The military health budget has been held relatively flat for about a decade, even as private health spending has surged. And one thing that was was really notable to me was a memo that we obtained from inside the health department, so not the defense department, but the health department, written by a guy named Robert Kadlec. Kadlec is a person that we have talked about in context of the coronavirus. He's the nation's top emergency preparedness official. He's been playing a major role in how the US fights COVID-19, but he also is a former Air Force officer. And he was asked by the Pentagon at the beginning of the year about a different round of cuts, about plans to reduce the military medical force, and essentially, could the US private health system, could could the civilian system accommodate the military's needs? And the memo was pretty clear. He said, you know, no, this is not something that in normal times the military could expect to use the US health system. And if there were casualties that came out of a potential war, the civilian health system wouldn't be ready for that either. And as one of the people I talked to, former member of the Trump administration, put it to me the other day, these kinds of cuts would be bad at any time. In a pandemic, they're unconscionable. And it speaks to a lack of understanding about the role of health services and frankly, how expensive healthcare can be to deliver in America. That's that's a conversation for a different day, why it's so costly. But making cuts without looking at the downstream impact that does seem to be a hallmark of this administration. All right, that's our show for this week. I'm Dan Diamond, and my thanks to my colleagues, Lara Seligman and Jeremy Siegel, for joining me. Jenny Ament is our senior producer, and Irene Noguchi is our executive producer. Subscribe to Politico Pulse Check on your favorite podcast app. And you can help us by going to leave a rating or a review. Every time you do that, that helps new listeners find the show. You can follow Politico's coverage of the coronavirus in our two daily newsletters, The Politico Nightly every evening and in Politico Pulse, which I co-author every morning. You can sign up at politico.com newsletters. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe, and we'll be back again with you next week.